0: Welcome back to another episode of Meredith with a Y. I am your host Meredith Willett and today my daughter Skylar and I are talking about dating only to get married question mark and everything in between so stay with us. Hello everyone. This is Meredith with a Y and I am your host Meredith Willett. Today we are going to go deep, changing lives and I am giving you the keys to the castle. Thanks so much for being here, everybody. I'm sure there's going to be lots of people watching this on the replay, and there are people that are watching right now live on YouTube and Facebook. So thank you, everyone, that is tuning in from those two other platforms. My name is Meredith Willits. This is Skylar Shagovac. And today we are keeping it real and talking about dating only to get married, question mark? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Exactly. And you kind of brought up this topic. So I'm super excited to kind of go through this. And I've been thinking about it all day and how we're going to go. But that said... I think I'm going to start with you because you said you were excited and you have a good take on this. So we talk about marriage and dating and when it's a good time. Like this is an actual open conversation that we have in our family. And should you wait? I kind of have rules, so to speak, with regard to money and marriage and weddings and all that good stuff. So what are you thinking about our topic tonight, Skylar? So the reason why I wanted to bring this topic up was honestly mostly
1: because of how skewed my opinion seems on this versus literally every single one of my friends really or literally anyone I'm dating people will be like yeah I'm dating for marriage I'm dating to only get married blah 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 and I'm over here tucking my hair behind my ear like yeah same but not really same
0: not same at all So, well, let me ask you this. Do you think that you should be honest and say that you're not really dating for marriage then? Do you think you'd be better served just being really upfront, especially, I mean, you're only 23 years old and I almost think it's kind of crazy at 23 years old. And this is going to be seen by a lot of different people. It might be being listened to right now on the podcast. So we need to understand that there are people across the world, literally, they're going to be listening to this. And that is one thing I have really learned on TikTok and the podcast because my voice is being listened to by people that from their culture they literally go from their parents house to the minute and day that they get married or arrange marriages or it's very normal to get married when you're you know 18 19 20 years old and then there you know if you go to the west coast and the east coast of America you know people get married at 30, 35, 37, etc. So, I think it's really interesting as we talk about this moving forward in this conversation, I look at you and I'm like, why in the world would anyone think at 23 years old that you're getting dating for the purpose of meeting a spouse. However, comma that's exactly when I got married, was at 23. So I, I'm, I'm speaking out of literally both sides of my mouth at the exact same time. But because of all of our conversations and because of the fact when you know better, you do better, no offense, it's good to wait. It's good to figure out who you are before you try to share your life with someone before you actually become sort of who you are. So is it better to tell people No offense, but I love getting to know you. Let's hang out. Let's be friends. Let's have a good time. But marriage is not for me anytime soon. So I also kind of want to
1: clarify in the sense that
0: it's not that
1: marriage isn't for me anytime soon, period. Like, okay, God's will, that could happen. Universe being who knows what tomorrow holds for me. But when I say I'm not dating to get married, I want to clarify that I'm not putting the seriousness and I'm not putting the weight and the anxiety that it is to be dating to get married. I am going on dates. Like last week, I literally, and this is so bad to say, but I literally went to the same bar twice with two different guys because the first guy was like, okay, and he's a no. And then I was like, okay, this is a safe space for me to go on a date, brought a different guy. So then it's kind of like a lot of people would look at that and be like, oh my God, Skylar, that's way too much. But I kind of look at that as seeing like, No, I learned from the first date what I didn't like about that first date. I learned that's not the type of man I want to be with. And now I'm going
0: on another one because that one failed. I don't owe him anything. Or did it. If you figured out what you didn't like in that date, there's no failing. There's no failing because A, you're going to keep trying. And B, you learned something. So that is a successful date of learning. (laughs) Exactly. But I didn't put the pressure in it of like,
1: oh my God, I can't go on two dates this week. I'm totally trying to like date to get married. I'm trying to date for this seriousness, purposeness of craziness. Whereas I'm just kind of out here being like, I'm dating to learn what I like. I'm dating to have fun. I'm dating just for the general sense of like, why not? Why not meet new people? Why not have that fun? Whereas I feel like a lot of my friends put the weight in oh my gosh, should I go on a date? Do I want to have kids with him? Is he that Italian bloodline that I want? Is he Christian? Is he, oh my gosh, should I even go on this date right now? And they see all these serious sides of it. And it's like, who cares?
0: Like yeah,
1: that might be one factor that you like, but where are the other
0: learning paths along the way? You know, what's so interesting about the fact that you went to the same place twice And this is weird because I would have never thought this before, but this could be a really cool experiment in life, is on the first date, if he would have taken you to, like, a $700 dinner, you may have made excuses for his personality because he was standing on his wallet. Okay. But if you go to the same place over and over and over again... Like, it's literally like the control in the science experience. The control, oh my gosh! Like, that is the craziest idea ever. And then also, you're gonna be like super friends with the waiters and waitresses because you could be like, um, could you call, like, do the can you call me? Like, call the number, like, it's time to export, right? And so, that's kind of an interesting control is that you're the person. The restaurant and the price point is always the same. Let's see how they react in this environment. That's actually kind of an interesting idea. I would have never thought of that in a million years, but I actually kind of love it. Now, what you're saying is use this time to kind of meander through pink, blue, tall, short, happy, sad, So you're going to back and forth it. So you're going to figure out during this time what it is that I like about a person. So let me take this with that concept, okay? Because you're saying date basically, are we saying date anyone? I mean,
1: but as you go along in the dating process, you learn what factors take someone off of bringing them to the next date. So for me, a big thing that I learned was I'd be texting these guys. So if you're on a dating app, you're texting these guys on the dating app. I personally first liked guys that were super into me. Like I was like, ooh, they want to text me all the time, blah, blah, blah. But then I learned that those are the weird guys. Got it. Those are the guys. So now on the next day, if they are way too into texting me, I kind of am able to filter out and be like, all right, they have a little too much time on their hands. Like what's going on that they're able to text me 24 seven. Like that's a red flag. I like it. So then from there, I'm now able to weed out more people and able to kind of figure out who works for me. What kind of person do I click with? Because I'm still 23 and I don't know what type of person I even want to be best friends with for the rest of my life, let alone be with for the rest of my life. So
0: let me ask you this. I love that. And so when I'm looking at what you're saying and adding, because I did a TikTok that went pretty viral about this kind of like, don't date people that you wouldn't marry. And so because I felt that when I dated people and I was actually kind of cruising through my mind last night, getting ready for today's show, what I looked at at was I feel I gave people a pass that there's no possible way that that would have worked for me. The relationship, the person, either, you know, they didn't have a job, you know, and I was a single mom with two kids, like which meant I would have had to work and carry the insurance. And it would have just not been the life that I wanted. I know with religions, people listening to this, like Their parents are very focused, as you know, you know, being down there in South Florida, there's a lot of different religions and people, family cultures down there you're friends with that are very serious. Like you will marry an Indian person, you will marry a person that's Hindu or, you know, a different religious, Jewish, whatever, and it's unacceptable. So is it safe or smart for that matter to go on a date with someone that you know that you probably are going to have to walk away from because of your family or because it's just not a part of your future? Like, should you scour through that and be like, yeah, this person lives, you know, in Florida, never will leave. And I really want to live in Colorado. So why should I even go on a date with them? Or do you think that you can change those things?
1: So for me, at least, I feel like, so I just got out of not dating, dating, but I just got out of a relationship where I thought the guy was perfect. I was like, this is the end all be all man. And you know that I was like, (laughs) (laughs) I don't care. He can listen to this. I was like, I am obsessed with him. Like no cap. He is the one for me. And then I got to know him more and I got to see the quirks and I got to see the different sides. And because I wasn't dating for marriage and this relationship didn't have to be marriage, I didn't overlook the red flags. I didn't overlook the things that were kind of like, gee, that's a little annoying. Like that ticks me off. You know, that's a little
0: more than, yeah, more than, yeah.
1: So for me, I literally looked at my friend and I was like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to be with him for, you know, longer than the next two months. And they're like, why even stay with him for the next two months? Like genuinely, what's the point of even being with him? Yeah. And it's like, because I want to learn how to be in a relationship because I want to learn what I like, because maybe this isn't a longevity marriage, but this is still a relationship to learn from. Yeah. You're friends that you have in your life that I kind of like to compare it to this because people really kind of see that. And they might be like, you're a user, you're a user. Well, what about your friends that you have in the workplace? What about your friends that you have X, Y, Z situation that you don't see yourself maybe being forever with, but in that moment, it is a fun time to learn. It is a good friendship for that second. And that's okay. Yeah. We don't have Best
0: friends for life. We don't have to be in this oomph for life. But I think now, I think when people date, though, are, are humans in general it, historically. Humans in general, we have placed a timeline or a goal set that marriage is the end all be all goal of all romantic relationships that we are all working towards some sort of end game or beginning game or whatever. And, you know, our society has really set it up that way because of the fact that, you know, there's certain allowances that are made for people financially, legally, for the sake of healthcare, making decisions for a loved one if they were incapacitated, etc. And so, you know, our society has set that line in the sand of if you are not married, this relationship is not necessarily viewed as weighty. And honestly, it's it's kind of like a business agreement of marriages because if you're in the court of law, you don't have to go against your spouse. You can plead the fifth as if you are one person. Legally, you own Everything that your spouse owns, as long as, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, if, if you're just dating and this person's on their deathbed, you have absolutely no legal rights unless they've made you a healthcare power of attorney, et cetera. So the way our society is set up is that is where you're headed you know, and that's why the LGBTQ community, you know, wanted so much for and legally went that route to get to a place of marriage because of the fact that you don't have rights as being a partner, as being a boyfriend or girlfriend. So in that breath, We are seeing your generation and the one right ahead of you there that women are not getting married at the rate that they were getting married. Your generation in general is not getting married at the rate that they were before because like my generation still look towards the idea of, hey, I want to be a stay-at-home mom and so I have this husband that works, I can raise the kids, whereas your generation- Has completely turned that on your heads. You guys are getting your careers. You are being artificially inseminated. You're, you know, you're having this family. You're having this experience with or without a man in your life. And also, more and more people are coming out as LGBTQ. So it's not this very normal, historically normal man, wife. Woman stays home, raises kids, needs husband. It's all been turned around on its head. And I think that because women are becoming more independent, that we understand we don't need a man anymore, right? That people just aren't getting married. And maybe they are going about it with, you know, healthcare power of attorneys, financial power of attorneys to be able to get the same rights without having to go by way of marriage. I mean, everything is being turned on its head, I would say in the last, especially, you know, five to 10 years with regard to whether people even want to get married anymore, which is,
1: I mean, and if you think about look into and delve into my upbringing, I watched my mom get married. I mean, I didn't watch, I was two years old, but at 23 year olds get into a relationship with a man, think that being married to him and having children and nothing against you, of course, just society in general was that that marriage meant more. That marriage and family bond meant more than Meredith Willits figuring out at the time, Meredith Burge, I guess, uh, Burge figuring out if that person was for her. Yeah. So for me, to circle back to that, is all of those things you mentioned are pressure. Yeah. The deciding if the person's going to die or not on life support, having the linked togetherness of that is pressure. And that is a very, very serious commitment, but at the same time, almost not serious commitment in this society compared to what it was maybe when your mom was around. Right. So for me in the sense, it's not that marriage is off the table. That's still an, an end game because at the end of the day, society's made that an end game for everyone, but it's not, the only thing. It's not the needed thing. It's not, I have to date this man and love this man and know this man because he fits X, Y, Z, Q, P, T, Jewish, fits in my community, can speak to my family. It's, I want to learn. I want to know if this is something I'm okay with. And honestly, if he's not a part of your culture, that's and and you do fall in love, well, then maybe that's just what was meant to be. You know what I mean? I, I don't have those parameters, so that's something very, I can't necessarily speak out against of. So I feel like that's where maybe my opinion's a little bit skewed than people who do have
0: parameters on religion, race. Yeah, I mean, it's like literally unheard of. Like, it's literally not allowed in other cultures, So. That's a totally different. So we're talking about people that do have freedom to do exactly. what they want to do. So the one thing that I was just thinking about as we were talking about, you know, the one thing in keeping it real that we like to talk about is, you know, the different generations and what your generation is doing to learn from mine and different from mine and I'm learning from you. But like my mom's generation, so the baby boomers, what she couldn't take a credit card out in her own name. So when she had her credit card, it said Mrs. James Burge. It didn't say her name at all. So her generation, basically she had to get married to be able to get a life, right? And then, so then I'm the next generation. And, you know, when her generation, uh, boomers, it was like she could be a nurse, a teacher, a secretary, right? And then my generation came along and we had many more options, but it also the LGBTQ wasn't as, you know, coming out of the closet at that time. So, like, just between my mom's generation, who can't even get a loan or a credit card, then to my generation, where now more and more women are going to college, more and more women are having careers and working outside of the home. So, now your generation, right? So, my child, you, is you have tons of options. You can start your own business. You can buy your own home. You can have anything that you want. You need a man for nothing. It's almost surreal to think in just two short generations how much has changed for women. And because of that, I mean, they say one of the most monumental things. To happen in the last hundred years for women is the birth control pill because it gave us so much freedom to be able to plan our lives so that we weren't, you know, pregnant all the time, we weren't without decisions, without choice. And so as we look, the idea behind needing to get married based on finances, based on career opportunities, based on school opportunities, has completely changed the landscape of any need to get married. And I think that what you're feeling, this kind of lightness that I didn't feel, and I'm sure my mom definitely didn't feel, right, is this lack of any pressure to get married. I mean, I had my healthiest, fattest, beefiest baby at 38 years old. So, you know, when 20 years ago, 25 years ago, when I was beginning to have children, it was like your window of opportunity for having children was mentally was seen as shorter. You wanted to have your kids younger but now we watch people like Callie Berry having kids into their late 40s, women having babies into their 50s, not that I recommend it, just because of health and sanity. But the point is, is you see a window of in vitro fertilization or, you know, all sorts of different opportunities for you from having children later in life to getting married later in life to it's normal to, hey, start your career, figure out how old you are, wait till you're 30, wait, 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 have your life. Be the cool aunt your whole life. There's
1: so many options that are so less judged than your generation.
0: Which I think decreases that pressure and decreases the opportunity to make the wrong decision. Plus, I think that your generation really learns from watching. Like my parents were divorced, but I was, you know, one of the people I was like, you know, like, that's not going to be me. It's, you know, it's, it's not going to be me. Whereas you look at it and you like, okay, I'm watching. I see that this isn't as easy and I don't have to do it. So I might as well wait And because of us talking, which I hope people your age are going to listen to this and pay attention because of you and I speaking about the difficulties of marriage and how men and women get along and children and staying home and sacrifice and all of these things. I think that that's also taken a lot of pressure and educated you about figuring out who you are first versus I know some parents say to their kids, When you get married, when you have kids, when you get married, when you have kids. And I'm over there going, oh, my God, unless you've touched every continent, don't you dare come to me with a wedding proposal because I want you to live your life.
1: And I think another aspect to put out there and just to I mean, I mean, no, the Kardashians are a big pool, but you grew up with watching Courtney never care to be married. She had no care. There. You watch Kylie have a kid and be like, yeah, he can be the dad, but like, that's about it. You know, I don't need him to be anything more. So you grew up with these relationships of, hey, if we have a kid, we don't need to be married. Like, accidents happen. We can keep the kid and we can figure it out. Well, maybe some people still today see that as maybe not the most ideal because you're stuck with the person you have a kid with forever. But at the same time, you don't need to make it worse by getting married. So all things compiled together of if we have a kid, we don't have to get married. If we are, 27 year old 27 year old and we're female and we're still single we don't have to get married our ovaries are not drying up if we're ending college and we're seniors it doesn't matter if we don't have a boyfriend we'll find one later on in life so i feel like all these factors added up together of societal changes even if they were just the smallest tweak in the entire world has added up to being so much freer in the sense of not caring to have a man and also not just not caring to have a man. But what I always put out there too, and I want to hear your opinion on this, is I'm so okay with myself that to have a man would have to be such an addition to my life and such a blessing, happiness, perfection to my life that why would have I- to be an
0: addition, yeah. So the one thing that you're talking about, too, and what's interesting because we were we were talking about all over the world and, and the common denominator to the all over the world, to the to the kids, the women staying in their parental home until they get married. The one factor too, a common denominator in that is religion. And you see the, you know, the, the dissipation, I don't know if that's a word, as it dissipates, religion dissipates in the United States, you know, and that stress of, you know, you need to get married to have children because of the church. And this is the way we do things and those, you know, rules, societal rules, religious rules. And when you look at the the places that you see that stuff, it is in very religious forward countries. Whereas the United States is becoming more of a spiritual country and a little bit less religious. So I'm sure not only is, you know, careers for women and you see this in the evangelical community, them talk about women should stay home. Women shouldn't cut their hair. Women shouldn't wear pants. It's really a control squeeze on keeping women in the kitchen, And that's going to keep the norms of society where the husband goes out, makes the living and the wife stays home or whatever. And so as we remove these structures and parentheses around what women can and can't do based on religion and money and jobs and all that other stuff. You see the freedom more and more of women because of the fact that that's going away. And it's funny when you were talking about the Kardashians, because when I was growing up, the only person that I really saw doing that is Goldie Hawn. And she's with Kurt, gosh, I'm not going to remember his name, but Goldie Hawn and her partner, Kate Hudson's you know, mom. And I think that's her stepdad actually. But they've never been married. I think they've been together for 30 some years. They've been in committed monogamous relationship for decades and decades and decades. But Goldie Hahn was the only woman that my generation could look to and go, she's in a committed monogamous relationship, she's happy as can be, she loves her partner, she has children, and she doesn't give a shit, and it's just a piece of paper to her. I mean- I didn't have slews and slews and slews of people doing that. So I think, you know, seeing it as a norm and that it's possible. And you know what's so funny as I'm sitting here talking about this? We sit there and we are like, okay, if you get pregnant, you have to hurry up and get married because that's the right thing to do. But it's okay if four minutes later you get a divorce. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like... We don't think twice about women being single moms divorce, but we're judgy when it's a single mom who's never been married, or at least historically, we have been inside of that frame. Think how wacky that sounds. You have to be in this broken relationship with a kid, and then you have to pay to get out of it. And it's like, go single moms. Like, let's support single moms. And it, she could have just
1: been, from the beginning, a single yeah. mom, like- Why'd she have to go go through the the horrible, all of it and this, that, and the other, the abuse, the divorce, the craziness, just to appease some kind of, but
0: think about that. I mean, honestly, like think about how many people go and quote, ready for it. This goes back to mother knows best blood thicker than water ready and do the right thing and get married. Or feel obligated
1: to get married. It's been long enough. It's been long enough. You guys have been together long enough.
0: You got to get married. It's been six years. What's going on And your relationship's broken if he's not proposing. But you need to understand. Now for myself with Jim. So this is a complete turn of the wheel but because i was a single mom and we did have a relationship long distance and there's no way in hell that i was moving let alone with two kids not that your dad would have like even went along with it or i would have wanted to but i couldn't be with jim because he lived in philadelphia we lived in cleveland i wasn't moving to philadelphia with two kids without being married So in that situation, I needed to be married because I had two small children from a previous marriage. So that is one situation. I mean, I don't know if it would make it.
1: But you also were a single mom who was working a job at a law office that was going to have to quit her job to move. It wasn't a mom. That was going from one job and could go from another equal paying job that she knew could support, do whatever, blah, 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 in the same city. So that's where the weight is kind of held there in the fact of the sense of you needed the marriage because you could support yourself from Ohio, but you couldn't support yourself from Jersey. But if you look at that weight in the same way of if I right now had kids, God forbid. Ugh. That. Ugh. just another letter on that one. But if I had kids right now and I had to move barring a job, I wouldn't need the marriage commitment. Would
0: you want it though? Like, let's say there was a guy that you were dating and he moved to Colorado and then um, he's like, you should move here. Would you be more apt to move to Colorado if you were engaged or married than if you were just dating, are you more likely to lean into someone else's life when you see a commitment? Cause that's a big piece. And I've actually told people like, you know, don't date forever. Like you should know after two years if a guy wants to be with you or not, or don't move for a man. Like if a man wants to be with you, he will commit to marriage And then move once that happens, because you don't want to just up and move. And this guy has no, or woman has no plans of being with you.
1: So I kind of look at at this in two ways. So if I'm in a committed relationship to the point it's been years, well, I'm probably dating To get married at this point because I'm not wasting two years looking for red flags in this guy. You know what I mean? Like maybe a month or two just exploring the territory, seeing what I like and don't like. But two years, that's a hefty amount of time. So am I moving for a promotion because I, Skylar Shagvac, want to? And if I'm not moving because I, Skylar Shagvac, see it as a benefit in my life be it because I genuinely want to be by this guy and don't care if I have a ring on my finger, be it if it's a promotion, if I see X, Y, Z, Q, then I don't need a ring on my finger. I don't need that level of commitment to force myself to be there
0: because of the fact that it's what I want to do. So it would have to come from within. It would have to be something you want to do whether he was there or not.
1: And I think the same way goes in the sense that there are so many married couples that nowadays don't even need to live in the same space. Like that's such a far-fetched idea for so many people because so many people love to be with their partner. And granted, that's, I would want to be with my partner as well. But for some people, they don't need that close proximity that living across country and that type of thing is more and more
0: with jobs too. I mean, I have quite a few friends that basically see their spouses on the weekends and they live in another state during the week because of just the, you know, the kids are in school. They don't want to move the kids out of school. The husband got a new job. He goes and does the job, yada, yada. So I do see that more and more, especially with kids. But I mean, It's so funny because we've kind of gone full circle from just willy nilly, but to, well, maybe it is good to have a commitment or maybe you need to look at a lot of different factors. But also, I want to go back to the very beginning of this conversation, which is when you're in a situation of swiping left and right as it is and being on dating apps and meeting up with people and going on dates is to remove that pressure from yourself so that you can see with open eyes, that you can see the red flags, even if they're ridiculously attractive, that you're going to say, hey, they're ridiculously attractive, but I'm still going to pay attention. So let me ask you this. I know you and I have had conversations of you know, you're know you not going to get married until you're like older, so just don't even stress out about it. How does someone who doesn't have a mom that says, I know you're not going to get married until your late 20s, how does someone your age remove that pressure from themselves and go into a date more relaxed, more able to see red flags, and, but also too, red flags are red flags human is human. We do need to see, like, we also don't want to be that person that's like, oh, red flag, they, you know, this or that, like people are still going to be humans. It's just, like I always say, you want the least amount of irritations possible. Cause whatever it is, it's going to be times a thousand, 10 years from now of an irritation. So how does a person your age remove that pressure from themselves to be able to go on a date and not worry if this is the one?
1: I feel like it just comes from the sense of pulling that marriage is not the most important thing in the world. You and you being happy is the most important thing. So I feel like for me going into those dates, I center into and I wiggle into the space of, is this happy for Skylar Shagaback? Is this fulfilling? Is this making me feel source energy, good, love vibrating the entire time and i feel like for me it's the separation of the pressure of marriage like that entire being of everything we just talked about of society thinking it's the most important thing of it being the end game of blah 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 that pressure i just kind of throw it away and i'm like it doesn't really matter because if i don't get married i'm still fine I can still have kids by myself. I can still make decisions by myself. I can marry my gay roommate, best friend and get health insurance really good. You know what I mean? Like, you just kind of step back from that, realize it's not the end of the world. Wiggle into the seats of the 2022 that we are in and know that your parents' opinion isn't needing to be 22 year old self opinion.
0: And I'm seeing more and more women talk about this on TikTok that's your age, a little bit older. And they're talking about, like, like you said, if I am going to introduce a person into my life, it has to be better than me being alone or with friends. It has to benefit me. It has to. And I think that all of these things that we are talking about on social media, on TikTok especially, because you just see it so much over there. All of these things, I believe, are bringing such a fast and furious change to women and feminism and leaning into self and finally realizing that we are okay without a partner. And I think even
1: to bring this back to men yeah. too... Is you're okay living in that bachelor pad a little bit longer. You're okay with the cardboard table. Your your mom can live with the cardboard table a little bit longer. You know what I mean? Like you don't need to have someone to take care of you. You don't need to have someone to do your laundry. You don't need these things. Because in the long run, is someone doing your laundry? Paying your rent, doing all these things that have been the societal pressures of having a husband or wife in the past. Is that worth your unhappiness? Yeah, or forcing something? Is that worth you jumping into
0: something and not knowing not knowing the relationships. Yeah. Worth? And this is why I talk about a lot on TikTok too is having different values from your parents is okay. What worked for your parents? is not necessarily going to work for you. It's not going to work for your experience in 2022, 2032, 2042. You know, so what you guys are experiencing and what your life needs is very, very different than what my life needs. And so, you know, take what works and leave the rest, you know. And I would never, and this was, it's so different. Not that my parents ever there was zero parent pressure from my parents for me to get married. I think for me, when I was younger, I just had no clue how to be an adult. I had no clue how to exist outside of basically being taken care of or being a wife. Like I just didn't understand. I just wasn't I was ill prepared to, you know, to be an independent woman. And I just saw that the only focus for my life was to be a wife. Like literally that's the only, that was the only examples though, that I saw all my friends, moms were stay at home moms, you know, that's just what they did. So it's like, okay, so this is what I do. This is the path that I am going towards. And I think that with social media, with TV, with all of these other examples besides your mom. Besides your stepmom, besides your friends' moms, you're seeing a whole nother stratosphere of humans and the way that they live their lives and the options that you have, you know, as men or women, millennials. So I think that it's super important that, you know, we recognize where we're headed and recognize that we don't have to, you know, date just for the idea of getting married. We can date honestly to get to know ourselves get to know humans, get to know the other, you know, what we're looking for in a mate, etc.
1: And the looking for in a mate is so important to me. I read an, a post the other day. I mean, some people might know Reddit. I know you're not on Reddit. And it was like, what was something that you learned was wrong when you got out of your relationship? And one of them was like, I asked my husband of 10 years to stop slapping my butt. And he just kept saying, well, you're my wife. I can slap your butt. Like, you're my wife. And she's like, there was one week where I asked him 20 times to stop slapping my butt, like 20 times. And she's like, and like to him, it wasn't that big of a deal, whatever the whole scenario was. But she's like, when I got out of that relationship and in my next relationship, I was like, slapping my butt makes me uncomfortable. And he respected that. I was shocked. I didn't know men did that. So like each relationship is learning that Some things aren't okay. Feeling and being treated this way doesn't feel good. You know, she didn't realize that the slapping of a butt was such a big and heavy weight in her relationship until someone
0: respected that balance. I mean, there's people that are my age that believe that you cannot be raped as a wife. Exactly. Like, but not even to go that far of like, I don't
1: like, like, I don't like when he chews with his mouth open at the table. Like, I didn't know that that was. Like, until I sat at the table with someone who didn't chew with their mouth open. Like, I didn't know that I had the consent to say no. I didn't know that I could do X, Y, Z, Q, P, X, because I've never experienced it.
0: I mean, I just think that it's so interesting. And I love, you know, what we're going to keep talking about dating and marriage and career and men and women and all of these fun topics, because I just think that our, we're evolving as a country, as a people, as a sex, as a species, so, so fast and furious. We're learning more about relationships and narcissists and empath and abuse and triggers. And I mean, all of these buzzwords that we've been hearing for the past couple years is changing the landscape of relationships. And we're waking up to the fact that we have been abused. We do have triggers. We do have trauma responses that we didn't even know that we had and why we have them and then we can get healthy and you know we don't have to wait for the apology to heal. Like there's so much that we are learning that is just changing where we're heading. And again, women are making money now. You know, men are actually I have a bunch of people that I know here in my town that they are stay-at-home dads. The women are out there making millions and the stay-at-home dads, like, roles are changing. Labels are changing. The world is changing dramatically. And with that change comes more opportunities and to try to figure out where are we going, what are we doing? So thank you so much for being here, Skylar, and talking to me about this topic. So tonight, I so appreciate it. There's Sloan with us this evening here at the Keeping It Real show. But if you are watching on Facebook or YouTube right now, thank you so much for tuning in. We will be back here again next Monday at 7 Central. If you're listening on the podcast, thank you so much for tuning in on Meredith with a Y. Again, this is my daughter, Skylar Shagavan, tonight joining me on keeping it real as she does every monday at seven o'clock we will be back here next week for more good talks if you're listening to this on the replay please hit follow and subscribe and check us out here every monday night or on the replay but we really appreciate it and i will see you next week skylar i appreciate you
1: love you everyone have a great night love bye
0: thanks for listening if you would like to connect on a more personal level head over to MeredithWillets.com or on Instagram at Meredith with a y for behind the scene footage and outtakes. Please subscribe and come back each week for more Meredith with a Y. Thanks again for listening. Cheers.